Bible Fellowship from Mumbai, and uh, I'm so delighted, my wife and I, to be here this morning. Just want to say thank you to Pastor Mike and also to Julie for inviting us to be here with you people, the people of God here in uh, Yuli, and it's, it's wonderful to be here for last two days and uh, looking forward to uh, really, you know, receive the blessings of the Word of God along with you. Let's turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 4, the Gospel according to Mark chapter 4, and uh, we want to look from verses 1 through 20. We already read verses 1 till 9, and we know uh, this word is about a parable of a sower, a farmer who went into the field and who started scattering the seeds. And Jesus, when he tells, he says, there are four different ways or four different things about, you know, sowing the seeds. The first thing he says, a farmer went out, he was scattering the seed. And some seed fell on a path. Some seed, they fell on rocky places. Some seeds fell on places which was covered with thorns. And some seed fell on good ground. So there are four responses that we see here. And we want to uh, really look into it, what Jesus really wants to communicate to us this morning. But before that, I just want to uh, focus your attention uh, in verses 1 and 2. Now, we don't get much information about this parable uh, in this you know, gospel according to Mark. But we find one thing. You know, uh, Mark says, Jesus was by the lake. And there was a big, large crowd of people just following Jesus Christ. And when he saw them, you know, coming towards him, he went into a boat and he started preaching to uh, this big crowd. Now, if I read verse 2, it says, he taught them many things by parables. Jesus is uh, like, you know, one of the very popular methods that Jesus used in his preaching was parables, using parables. And he told many things. That's what it says here. Now, if we read, you know, further in, from verses 21 onwards, Jesus like almost told four parables in this particular chapter. The first thing was the parable of sower. The second one was a parable of lamp. Then third one was the parable of growing seed. And finally, he talks about parable of mustard seed. So using four different things, four different parables, Jesus, he preaches to this big crowd. Now, we want to focus our attention only to the first parable. And the first parable is all about uh, uh, the seeds that are sown uh, in the fields. And what response that, uh, that are received from, you know, uh, after the seeds are sown. It's all about our listening and obeying the word of God. The Bible says, if you, if you turn to Mark, the gospel according to Mark, in the same, uh, uh, same parallel, uh, parallel account, it's, it, it also refers that the sower is Jesus Christ himself who goes out and, and sows the seeds. Now, we hear the word of God in many different forms. You know, you hear the word of God from your pastor right from here on Sundays, maybe on other days. You, you do a Bible study 
in your groups and you hear the word of God, you, you listen to a message on TV and you hear the same word of God. It is not man or anybody, a person who is speaking to you. It is God himself, Jesus himself. He is showing the seeds in different ways. But the thing is, you know, how do we respond to the word of God? How do we react when we hear the word of God? And this is what this parable is all about. Now, Jesus says there are four different responses that are received when the seeds are sown. Now, let's, let me read verse 4. You know, the very first thing he says, And he was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. You know, the farmer went out in the field. He was sowing the seeds. Now, as he was sowing the seeds, some seeds fell on path. Now, if you look at the background, the historical context of this particular uh, uh, area in Palestine, they say in those days, uh, the fields, the farm fields were like narrow strips. And uh, mostly, the strips were divided by, you know, kind of, you know, little grass path. You know, grass was grown there and, you know, it had become uh, like, you know, a path. But the result was, because it was beaten, the people were like, you know, constantly coming and going through this path. The path had become a solid ground. Solid ground. It was so hard. Now, the thing is, Jesus says, when some seed fell on this path, what happened was that suddenly the birds in the air, they saw the seeds on the path. They came and ate it up. They came and they ate the seeds that were sown or that just fell on the ground. Now, when Jesus told this parable, it happened that the disciples and many other people, they did not understand what Jesus was trying to communicate. So what happens when Jesus went, you know, verse 10 says, when Jesus was alone, these 12 disciples and the others around him, they asked him about the parable. They said, Jesus, what does it mean? We don't understand. And Jesus in verse 13 says, he said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? If you don't understand this parable, how you understand any other parables that I'm telling you? And then in, from verse 14 onwards, Jesus is explaining this parable, what he's trying to communicate. And what he says in verse 14 and 15, let me read for you. He says, the farmer sows the, sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So this is the first reaction that we see here. The word of God is sown in everybody's life. But it happens that Satan knows that the word is sown. He sees, he constantly observe, he's observing when the seeds are sown in our life. And what happens? As soon as the seeds are sown somewhere, they come. He comes and just takes them away from our life. And that's the first very normal reaction we find here. Why, the, why does the Satan does that? Why does he do that? Because he knows that if the seeds are sown, if they get the roots grounded inside, then they are going to bear fruit in future. He doesn't want that. He knows that if the seeds are sown and if they get roots, the lives will be transformed. And he doesn't want that. He wants everything against God's will. 
And therefore what he does, as the seeds are fallen, you know, he just takes away from our life, my life and your life. He doesn't want the seeds to stay there in our life. And he wants to steal them away so that the seeds won't have roots in our life. Dear friends, let me ask you this morning. You keep hearing the word of God, you know, every day or maybe every Sunday or once in a week or twice a week. But how, is, how, 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 how do we respond? How do we respond? Does this happen to you? That when you hear the word, Satan comes and takes away the word of God when you go out of the church. This is the very first reaction that Jesus uh, talks about in this parable. Now, second thing, let me read verse 5. It's, he says, He says, Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Now, again, let, let me take you back to the context. In Palestine, in Galilee, you know, they say there were no grounds full of, like, you know, rocks. There were no as such grounds, you know, which were full of rocks. But there were some places, some farm land, like we, they had some limestone, limestone underneath the earth. And the earth was just like a very, very little layer on the stone. So what happened here? You know, when the, when the seeds fell on such ground, they grew up quickly. They sprang up quickly. But when the sun came up, they suddenly withered. Why? Because they had no roots deep inside. Because the, the rock was there inside, beneath the earth. So it could not grow. It withered. It withered. And this is the second reaction that we see. Let me read the, uh, re, uh, the clarification that Jesus gives in verses 16 and 17. He says, Others like seeds sown on rocky places. They hear the word, at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root deep inside, they last only a short time. When troubles or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. We heard the word of God. And sometimes we receive it so quickly. But it happens that because the word doesn't get a chance to have his, its roots in our lives. When the troubles come in our life, when persecution comes, when tough times come in our life, what happens? The word is withered. It's dried out. No life. No transformation. And this is the second reaction. Let me tell you a story of my friend. Actually, he was my friend's friend. His name was Vikas. Vikas Darji. And he was from, if you know, Brahmin people. The high caste Hindus. He was one of them. And this family was very religious family. He was one of the very well-known family in my town. And since he was my friend's friend, my friend was a believer, so he used to come to my house, you know, along with my friend many times. And whenever we used to meet, we used to talk about Jesus. Now somehow, he never told us, but he got, you know, interested in Jesus. And he really loved the stories about Jesus. So one day what happened, he was a very religious person, young boy, 
And one day, you know, as usual, in his regular timings, you know, he, 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 they had a temple inside their house. And he wanted to pray to the God inside the temple, uh, an idol. And he, that morning, he woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning. He sat just in front of the temple. But a thought came into his mind that let me pray to Jesus. If he's true God, let him reveal himself to me. And he prayed that. He prayed, Jesus, if you are a true God, let me see you. I want to see you. And he told me later that when he, when he, when he just opened his eyes, he could see only the light in, inside his house. He could not see the idol in the temple, but the face of Jesus Christ right in front of him. And he, he really believed in Jesus Christ. He was growing as a believer and we used to do the follow-up, you know, we used to invite and we used to do together Bible studies and all. But immediately in few weeks time, it happened that, that, you know, his family, when they came to know about his belief in Jesus Christ, they started kind of pressurizing him. You know, emotionally, sometimes harshly. And it happened that when we went to Bible seminary, my wife and I, after a few days, we got the news, he's gone back. He's gone back. I'm still in contact with him, but he doesn't say he believes in Jesus anymore. So there are some seeds, you know, that are received so quickly, joyfully. But when tough times come, when troubles come, they quickly fall away. They quickly fall away. And Jesus says that the same way, you know, sometimes we respond to the word of God, right? I have many a times done that. You know, uh, I was a young boy. I remember my life I was living. I was not a good Christian. I was a nominal Christian. Nominal, when, when I say I was doing all like, you know, uh, the religious duties that I had to perform. I used to go to the church, go to the Bible study, go to the Sunday school and so many things. But I'd never known Jesus personally. I'd heard the word of God and many times I was challenged by the word of God. I used to feel that, oh, that's true. I'm not good. I'm a sinner and I should be born again. But when I'm gone, the seeds were taken away. Seeds were taken away. Sometimes they grew, but when the tough times came, I was like fallen away. Like my friend. And somebody has rightly said that we have learned that it takes only 5% of efforts to win a man for Christ. Only 5%. But it takes 95% to keep him or her in Christ and growing into maturity in the church. It's more when we want to really grow in Christ. We can believe. We can come to the point that we say, I, I do believe in Jesus Christ. But it is another thing when we go through tough times. Do we really believe in the word of God when we go through the tough times in our lives? That's the question. You know uh, the Tower of Pisa in Italy? Now they say it's like 179 feet tall. There was, there was a miniature in uh, Chicago, I saw a few, few last year. Now, they say it is almost 70 feet away from the plumb line. Now, why it's so? 
The history says, the reality is, they say it's 170 feet tall, but the foundation is only just 10 feet. So it can't hold it up because the foundation is shallow. It's not that deep. And the same thing happens if our foundation is not there, if we are not rooted in Christ, the troubles and persecutions can lead us away from Christ. Right? And therefore it's very important for us to understand this, the message that Jesus has for us today. How do we really listen, listen to the word of God? How do we receive it? And how do we obey the word of God? Now there is third reaction. Let me read verse 7 for you. It says, Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and chalked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Other seeds fell in thorns. And what happened? When the seeds grew, because they were covered with thorns, it didn't allow them to grow and bear fruit. And Jesus explains, let me read verses 18 and 19. He says, like seeds sown among thorns, they hear the word of God, but the worries of this life, first thing. Then secondly, he says, the deceitfulness of wealth. And thirdly, the desires for other things come in and chalk the word. Chalk the word, making it unfruitful. You know, there are three things that Jesus mentions here. The first thing he says, he says the worries of life. Now, is there anybody who doesn't worry about life? Nobody. We all worry about life. Right? It's part of life. We, I do worry about life. But when we worry too much, when we do not believe in Jesus anymore, what happens? These worries can cover us up. And do not allow us to bear fruit. And secondly says, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things, they all choke us up. And doesn't, do not allow the word of God to grow in us, to bear fruit that God wants in my life and in your life. And therefore, we have to be very, very careful. The thorns are the anxieties. The anxieties the deceptive attraction of the wealth and the desires for other things. This can easily chalk up the word of God in our life and will not allow. Now, I was thinking, you know, what are the things that really chalk up our lives? If we look into today's reality, today's world, what's the one thing that can really, you know, stand out? And it's materialism. Not just in US. You come to Bombay. People, people are just crazy about things. They say it's all about things, it's all about things. Life is like the things are more important for men and women than life itself, than life. So the things of the world, the wealth of the world, they are the thorns that do not allow us to grow in Jesus Christ. And you know, Proverbs 23, 5 says, Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly, uh, fly off to the sky like an eagle. But still, we want to focus uh, on things. We want things. I was reading a joke a few, few, few days back. And let me tell you this joke. It's about a couple, a family. And uh, they had really you know, gone through a really tough time in their lives. They were not doing so well. 
but now they are doing good. And one day they were having dinner on a table. And you know, the, the plates in which the food was served, it's the same old plates. The husband was a little excited because you know he had a new package, new salary package, and he was earning good. So he was telling his wife, he said, Honey, I want to tell you something. And she said, What, dear? He said, Dear, soon we will be eating not in these old plates, but plates of silver. I want you to eat in plates of silver. The wife was little wise. She says, Honey, honey, tell me, will it make the food tastier? Why we need that? But you know, it's materialism. When we have some more, we are not satisfied with what we have. And these are the things that really affect our life inside. You know, how we think, how we behave. What are the values of our life? They're all based on what we think here. And therefore, Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, earthly treasure is insecure. Earthly treasure is insecure. He said, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. A.W. Tozer, if you know, I love his books. And uh, one of, in one of his books, I talk back to David. He writes this. He says, money often comes between man and God. Between me and and God, money often comes. And he further says, someone has said that you can take two small 10 cent pieces. Now you know, a cent is how, how small it is. He says, just two times and shut out, they can shut out the view of a panoramic landscape. He says, go to the mountains and just hold to these two tiny coins in front of your eyes. And the mountains are still there. Mountains are still there. But you, can, you cannot see them at all. Because these two small tiny dimes can shut your vision. Can shut your vision. It does not take large quantity of money to come between us and God. Between us and God. Just a little. If it is placed in wrong place, if it is placed in wrong place, it will effectively obscure our vision, our view. And therefore, it's challenging for us. We have to be careful how we look at the treasure we have, the earthly treasure. How much value we give to it. Is it more valuable than my life, your life? Then my life in Jesus Christ, my, my spiritual life, then the church, is it more valuable than the church? Somebody has rightly said, money makes a good servant, but a terrible master. If it becomes our master, then the life is really lost. The life is really lost. And therefore, we have to be very careful. Now, Bible says one thing, if you read John 8, 44, the devil, 
you know, who, who takes away the, the, uh, the, uh, the seeds, the word of God from our life. He's the one who brings all these worries in our life. He's the one who changes the values of our life. He is a liar. He never tells us the truth. He always lies. He always lies. Matthew 13, 19 says he's a thief. He's a thief. He's a, he's a deceiver. Revelation 12 and 9, he's a destroyer. He is a killer. He just wants opposite what God intends for your life and my life. But still, you know, many a times we, we do not know how he influences our life. How he takes hold of our life in his own hands. And rules our life. And ruins our life. Not just rules. He ruins our life. And therefore we have to be very careful. The worries of this life. The deceitfulness of the wealth. And the desires of other things. They can cover us. They can hold the seeds to grow. And therefore we have to be very careful. And therefore the last thing Jesus says. He says there are other seeds. They fell on good soil. It came up, grew, grew and produced a good fruit, good crop, multiplying 30, 60 and 100 times. Now Jesus explains this in verse 20. Let me read this for you. He says, others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it and produce a crop 30, 60 or even 100 times what was sown. A one seed was sown and hundred were harvested. Hundreds were received. That's what Jesus wants from our life, from your life and my life. He wants to see that. He wants to see that we are like this good soil, productive and fruitful. Good soil, once they have the seed, they receive it. And they allow the, the, uh, the seeds to grow the roots deep inside our life. So that the, the, the seeds are grown in such a way that it glorifies God. Not just glorifies God, but it bears more and more fruit for God's glory. It, brings, it keeps bringing more and more glory to God. I was reading a commentary by Mole about this and he writes, let me read this for you. He says, words may be sound and lively enough. You know the words, the word of God. It may be sound and lively enough, but it is up to each hearer, you and me, who are the hearers of the word of God, it is up to us to let them sink in and become fruitful. If we do not allow the word of, word of God to sink in, it will never grow, it will never bear fruit in our life. He further says, if he only hears without responding, Without doing something about it and committing himself or herself to the meanings of the word, then the words are in danger of being lost. This word is living word. But if you do not receive it, if you do not respond to it, they are lost. It's meaningless if we do not receive it. It is lively. It is live. It has the capacity 
to bear fruit. But if we do not receive it, there is a danger that this word is lost in our life. Or, or of never coming to anything. No, no difference, no transformation in life if we do not receive it. The whole story thus becomes a parable about learner's responsibility. Learner's responsibility. What Jesus, when he tells this parable, is focusing on how you and I receive the word of God. How do we respond to this word of God? That's it's all about. That's it's all about. And about the importance of learning with one's whole will and obedience and not merely one's head. We know the word of God. I know Jesus is the Savior. But you know what? That absolute truth can only be meaningful when I can put it in this way. Jesus is my Savior. He is there, absolute truth. But it is meaningless for me until and unless He becomes my Savior. So it's all about how we respond to the word of God. They say there are three ways, three things, very important, you know, uh, if you really want to be benefited uh, from the word of God. The first thing is, we have to listen it, not just hear. You know, I just told uh, in the first service about, you know, do you hear some sounds here? Apart from me speaking, do you hear something? What do you hear? Air condition, Right? But you don't listen to the air condition, but you listen to me. And that's why you understand. And that becomes secondary, you know. So, it's all about listening, the word of God. When God speaks, the question is, do we listen him? Do we listen him? Is, do, does he speaking to you personally? Secondly, how do we receive it? We listen, we understand, we really listen to him. But do we, do we receive it in our life? Somebody, somebody has said that humans have a, a kind of, you know, a, a, a kind of, one kind of instinct, instinctive, and he, he, he calls this instinctive, uh, instinctive reflex action. Uh, let me explain, you know. He says, whenever a foreign body, you know, something that, you know, comes closer to your eyes, what's your natural reaction? Is you close your eyes. You don't even realize. So this is our natural instinct kind of. So he says, whenever the mind hears something, whenever the mind hears something that he doesn't want to hear it, automatically it closes. If you don't like the word of God, what will happen? Automatically it closes. Because your mind doesn't want to hear that. Your mind doesn't want to hear that. And this is our natural, instinctive, reflex action. And the same thing happens when we hear the word of God. Many a times, we don't listen. We hear the words. There is something falling on the, you know, on, in the ears. But we don't listen. We don't listen. If we don't listen, then we can't receive them inside, in our life. In our life. And thirdly, he says, obedience to the word of God. Obedience to the word of God. And we know the very beautiful parable Jesus told about the wise and the fool builders. In Matthew 7, 
You know, he said, those who hear, those who listen and obey are wise people. Why wise? Because he says, they know that life is full of troubles and the winds and the storms and the rains. Life is never going to be easy for anybody. Right? And if the roots are deep enough, nothing can shake our life. Nothing can shake our faith. Nothing can shake our faith. Not at all. Because we are strong, strongly built in Christ Jesus. And Jesus wants that. Jesus wants that. You know, somebody says there are four different ways in, in which a human, a human or like in a person uh, hears, uh, hears something. He says very first thing, you know, stainer you use in the kitchen. Stainer. What does a stainer do? Stainer uh, kind of you know, it removes the bad things and just lets the good thing flow off, flow out. Some people listen that way, you know. They only remember the negative things. And they let the good things just flow out. They don't need them. That's one way how we listen to the word of God. Secondly, somebody says they listen like a sand clock. You know sand clock they used to use in the past days. So what happens? They hear from one ear and let it out from the other one. If they hear from this ear, goes out from the other one. So it doesn't go inside. They just hear and it goes out. They hear, it goes out. They spend time, they are there, they hear everything, but doesn't stay inside. So this is the second way we hear. Thirdly, it's like a sponge. Sponge, like if you have you know, water spilled on your kitchen platform, what, what, what will happen if you put the sponge there? It will immediately absorb the water. And what happens if you squeeze it? Immediately it lets it off. So some people, they listen that way. They joyfully, they accept it. But easily, so easily, they can let it go off from their life. But they say there are fourth kind of people and they are like a thresher machine. I don't know whether you are familiar with that thresher machine. It is used in the fields to get the crop, right? So what happens, you know, a farmer puts everything that he has harvested in the machine. And the machines, what it does, he separates the grains from the chaff and the other, you know, stuff that's not needed. It just, you know, blows off all the chaff and retains or keeps the grains, the seeds, because that's most valuable. So some people listen to the word of God that way. They keep really the word of God in their life. They keep the word of God in their life. Dear friends, I just want to ask you this question this morning. How do you listen to the word of God? How do you listen to the word of God? Somebody said, good listening is like tuning in a radio, a radio station. You know, we don't use a radio anymore. But I, I know we do use FM. We use FM in, in Mumbai. So what happens when you try to tune a radio or an FM, a station? You know, sometimes you, you try to get one station and you get two together at the same time. And what happens when you do that? 
you know it's almost like you know it's frustrating distorting like we don't like it you know we want to tune one station that i want we want and when you really get to that you know tune to that particular station it's clear it's lovely it's pleasant it's beautiful and he says listening to the word of god it's like tuning to the right station when you hear the word of god is it tuned properly with you let's pray let's close eyes let's pray let's think of our lives maybe for 30 seconds how do we listen the word of god do we really listen receive and also obey when the word comes to us when god speaks to us gracious lord we just want to thank you lord for this beautiful morning thank you for giving us this beautiful opportunity lord